two middle-aged dads who are evolving. Well, mostly evolved. Discussing the world around them. Occasionally funny. Always idiotic. They know how to use a glass, but why? When you can just drink from the carton. This is the Drink from the Carton Podcast. Oh my goodness, it's, uh, what are we at? Where are we at, Nick, in New York? Are we at uh, episode six? Or is this seven? Six. This is six? This is six. This is six. I am Paul Fletcher, radio uh, uh, buffoon in uh, the Twin Cities, and you are? I am Nick in New York, uh, investment buffoon in New York. Oh, that's right. I love the fact that you're Nick in New York and that you're actually in New York. It's just in New it's, York. It's just yeah. too. Well, that's how my mind works. It would be fun though if you were Nick in New York and you were like in Idaho. That would be interesting. Well, I do do a, lot, a fair amount of traveling, so we should maybe think about that. Just as yeah. a maybe, I'll throw you a curveball one of these times. Probably not. Uh, so this is Drink from the Carton, episode six, uh, and I, I'm super excited to be joined by. Uh, well, it's a it's an inside joke, but it's also true. Uh, excited to be joined by my old friend Mark Gross. Mark Gross, how are you, <laughs> sir? Right, I'm your, my old and my old friend Paul Pulaski. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, Paul Fletcher in these circles, but Paul Fletcher, but yes. your old friend Paul Pulaski. When it's now the cat's out of the bag and everybody's going to stalk me, that's unbelievable. Uh, oh Christ! I just blew your cover. Well, you did. We might as well tell everyone my real name too. Is uh, let's forget. We have to keep the even place cheetah. <laughs> Is my, but I changed, I changed it obviously to Mark Gross for career reasons, but yeah, so that we're even now. <laughs> oh, it's going to be good. This is going to be good. I'm cheetah. <clears throat> We've got some, uh, I'm, I'm telling the world. You're, uh, you are cheetah is, uh, I mean, yeah. I remember you when you were cheetah, but it's, you know, I, I don't mind the Mark Gross persona. It's fine. It works. I had to grow up at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've got a couple cool topics to dive into, but first, um, for those that uh, don't have any idea who Mark Gross is, uh, can you give us like the Reader's Digest? I met you, I believe, even though the the majority of my memory of our friendship goes back to Nebraska, I think I actually did officially, uh-huh. I think I did meet you the first time in Minneapolis at Acme. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I was a comic, uh, and I think I was working at Acme Comedy Club. Uh, I believe, right? From yeah. Minneapolis. And, yep. then, uh, and then you ended up in Omaha, which is my home, my old, my, where I originated in my life, where I started, came out of the womb and started living in the world. And then I uh, was, uh, yeah, traveling around and we just always stayed in touch. You're a hilarious guy and I like staying in touch with hilarious people. So I'm glad we uh, remained friends. So all the horrible things that you did and said, we, our friendship was stronger than your <laughs> than our horrible treatment of one another. And that, <laughs> that says something. I, I think, think. Uh, I think one of my favorite memories is uh, was my first full time radio gig, and uh, you were uh, we we just were trying to find different ways because you were clearly really bored back then. Um, we were just uh-huh. trying to find ways to work you onto the radio show, and I think my favorite thing we ever did was I sent you. I'm I'm holding up finger quotes. I sent you into the eye of a hurricane. I think in North Carolina, and you were reporting. That's- uh, from the middle of the hurricane, or like on the, you know, right in the middle of the hurricane. And I, I remember you discover, describing the weather as, uh, you said, well, it's blowing, Paul. Uh, it's, <laughs> and we were basically just making fun of those weather idiots that put themselves out, because they have yeah, to be yeah. in a spot where they can't even stand up straight, you know? 
because we don't get it. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know I, I love understating huge things and overstating small things. That's my favorite thing to do. So yeah, the hurricane was blowing. It was a it was it was a gust. It was a gale. It was a strong gale, if I remember right. Because the utter destruction of uh, you know six or seven uh, square blocks doesn't describe it enough. We have to oh, put somebody out in the middle of the wind. Yeah, it was blowing. You can't lie. You can't deny that that wasn't that wasn't true. That was part of it. It was definitely blowing. You also relative things to to report probably that uh, that was a certain portion of it. Um, That's what that's. That's a bad reporter. When he, I think the job of a reporter is to take the, the most significant, uh, noteworthy things. And, uh, <laughs> That's you what you did. I think you also <laughs> mentioned you were going to write your social security ca- uh, number on both of your arms. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, okay, yeah. so you were a stand-up comic. Uh, you don't do that. Do you do that anymore at all? Uh, occasionally. I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm starting the sixth season uh, on a show. Uh, on CBS called Mike and Molly and uh, starring Billy Gardell who's a, a, a great stand-up on his own right and uh, the lovely Melissa McCarthy who's the... Heard of her. Big, yeah, she's a Hollywood... <laughs> um, she's a... She's doing pretty well. Superstar um, at this point, I think. I think. She just finished, I think she just finished doing Ghostbusters over the break. Um, oh, really? Yeah, they're doing a female Ghostbusters. So anyway, so... Uh, but I, I do occasionally still open... Like, Billy will just call me with no warning. And I'm a dad now, so I don't have... It's hard for me to justify... You know, going to a comedy club at night, right, in lieu of spending time, you know, reading a book or doing something with my, you know, spending time with my daughter, like that. So I, it's hard to justify that. So I don't go out to the clubs much anymore. But once a year, Gardell will say, "Gross, you're uh, you're opening for me in Vegas," and then I have no time to prepare, and I just have to do my act without having done it for since the year, the previous year, when he said the same thing. So that's the extent of my stand-up career now. Once annually. Billy Gardell, without warning, tells me I'm appearing somewhere. Well, then, if it's in Vegas, then you just fall back on the old, I was out for a jog, it was super hot, I, uh, I had to poop, and um, I, was, I saw McDonald's, and I was trying to get there, and then a dog came out of nowhere, barked, I decapitated the turtle head, and uh, then it was like, what was it, like a beef bouillon in your shorts or something along those lines? I remember your jokes yeah, yeah, like yeah, verbatim. Like a trampoline, that's a true story, that's a horrible story, yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah, <laughs> and then I yeah, went to McDonald's. <laughs> It was horrible, and 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 uh, uh, what had happened was I, I rolled the dice and I was like, um, I, I I didn't want to go out into the world because it was filthy because uh, you know there was this thing bounced around in my shirt. You know, because running shorts have like a, a little panty liner, it's like a, like a it's, net, it's like a trampoline effect. Yeah. This thing, you know, was bouncing around, ricocheting off my sweaty ass, and you know, back and forth. So I felt it melting. It was horrible. And then I go in the bathroom and I'm like, well, I can't go out in the public like this. I'm like a, I, you know, I'm filthy. So I. I, I'm not proud of it, but I sat on the sink <laughs> and I turned on the water and I started briskly washing my uh, my ass in the sink. So like I said, it's the thing that strikes me most. I was that I, I was in uh, you know I, when I'm in Vegas, I go you know if you want to if you like gambling, if you like the thrill of the unknown, you know hey what's going to happen? You know if you like blackjack or craps, where you know like there's that rush of gambling. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know that adrenaline where you're like, oh, this is exciting. Okay, if you want to amplify that by like a thousand times, like sit bottomless on a sink in a McDonald's <laughs> with no bottom, just your your dong hanging over the front, washing your ass, looking at the door, going, don't open. Uh, please don't open. Like, that's the ultimate. That's really, whoo, that's a rush right there. And, of course, the door opened and the guy came in and, and stared at me and saw me and then, I don't know if I told you, but he he was leaving. He he immediately saw me like, oh, because he sees this guy with with uh, <laughs> shoes and no bottom. What would you do if there's a naked man just sitting on a counter with no, you know what I mean? I think I would just turn around so, and leave. 
Yeah, he, well, he, he turns to leave as an old man, and I go, wait. That's what I said. I go, wait, you know, like. <laughs> I'm going to be done in a second. Let me explain myself. But when someone says wait and they're naked and they're like, <laughs> you know, you think uh, they're, they're up to no good. If, you, if someone's naked in public, they're up to no good. That's right. The, the, that's a good general rule. What is um, yeah. your uh, not to like you know? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, we want to we want to st- stroke your goat a little bit. Um, what uh, what's your actual title these days with the Mike and the Molly? I am uh, well. I'm a, I'm a co-executive producer. I'm not sure what they, they give you these titles as you go along, and right. uh, you know, producer, producer, producer. But really, you, you do the same job. You just get a different title. It's pretty like the way in life. I'm sure you guys have the same. You know, same okay. Bullshit. Where you are, but yeah. So you slowly work your way up, and then they give you a better title, and then you get a little more money, and uh, but really you end up doing the same thing, which is you're writing comedy and uh, you know trying to figure out a way to keep the show on the air and keep people interested in watching it. You know. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, but it's done well. That's my title. Yeah. It's gotten into uh, syndication stuff too, which is good. That is good. That doesn't happen much anymore. So I'm very, very lucky, very, very fortunate to be on a show that uh, doesn't just in case. Because really, just, you know, then doesn't uh, that's a that's a that's an old you know dinosaur type situation. I feel like it doesn't exist anymore. But people, you know, shows don't they just these multicam shows especially don't they don't run five years. So I'm super lucky, and our cast is fantastic. Melissa's as sweet and nice as as anyone can possibly be, and and. Same with Billy, and they're all very humble, and there's a trust and a love between our actors that that I think is what keeps the show on the air. So very anyways, cool. That's yeah. It, it's uh, it's crazy, man. It's not that I never believed in you, but it's it's just crazy to see where you've gotten from. You know, when I met you, and you're just you know you are uh, you're up there uh, with uh, your uh, tie uh, half tied around your neck, and uh, you know telling jokes, and uh, they're in the uh-huh. funny bone in Omaha, and you know. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool though. I'm happy for you. It makes me we- proud. We were kind of, they were kind of say that. I appreciate that. And you know why I started writing for television, don't you? You know how that all happened? What's Did that? I tell you that? What's that? Did I ever tell you, tell you why? I, the reason I started writing for television was because I was becoming a dad. And my, my wife was pregnant. And I was like, I can't be gone 50 weeks a year. I, wanted, I don't want to be that kind of dad. You know, I want to stay home. So, you know, the, the topic of your show and the whole, is the whole reason I'm doing that, you know? And yeah. And so I... I stayed at home and uh, and started writing for television so I wouldn't have to travel. And Love so that's that. That's why I'm where I am now. And it's worked out, which is cool. It has. It has. I, I, I'm, I'm very happy and, as I said, very fortunate. So That's that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. Um, okay, so Nick, where should we go? Uh, first topic. Let's get this baby rolling officially. Uh, uh, I, you know what? Let's, uh, well, as long as we're talking about dads. What's stuck in uh, your craw right now? Well, you know what's stuck in my craw right now? I hate that saying, by the way. That's the worst saying ever. The, oh, that might be debatable. No, but it's the worst. It's not a good saying, but I don't know. Worst ever is a Terrible. little strong. Terrible. Um, it's an awful saying. Can we can we agree on that? I mean, it's well. Listen, uh, it, do you remember what do you remember what Mark said just a bit ago about overstating small things yeah. and under? Yeah, it's the worst thing ever. It's the worst saying ever. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, well, okay, so you see, when you do that, then I want to go to, like, the scenario that's actually worse than that. So, stuck in my craw while I have herpes, I think would actually be worse than that. <laughs> Every, now, you know what's funny is you're saying things, and, like, Mark Gross jokes are just popping into my head. <laughs> nothing, nothing is better with herpes. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Nothing. 
So, so you either have to amend the worst case, worst thing ever to accept unless it all you also have herpes, or you can't say you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. That's where my brain goes. Anyway. I understand. Okay, so I'm I'm hung up on this topic of because I just I uh, my wife is actually out of town right now, and so I've got the kids. I took a couple of days off work to hang out with them. It's been great. They're out of school. It's been tremendous. Uh, and um, my kids, Marcus, you know, are eight years old and ten years old respectively. And we just we just have a blast. So um, so we were driving back. I took him to an amusement park today, and on the way back, um, I had the radio on. I actually had my cell phone plugged into the car with the music, and they didn't like that. And so whatever, we're trying to figure music. But it, but it made me remember how much when they were younger, especially how much you know, like de- dedicated kids' music sucks universally musically, mm-hmm. and b how it's offensive to think that we have to dumb down music or any form of communication or art to that to any level, but especially to the level of my children. So, for example, like, when, when my kids were younger, the, the hot kids musician out here was a woman named Lori Berkner, and she's got awful. I mean, she's talentless and pandering <laughs> and horrible. And I used to say that she, her, listening to her music was like eating McDonald's. It, it you know like for the kids it's like it's fun and it tastes great but it'll also give you congestive heart failure and kill you right so it's it, why so my kids have never I mean very very little they spent very little amount of time listening to you know crappy kid terrible music and listening and a lot of time of their music listening times spent listening to real music you know the music that I like you know and so the, the, my kids can sing Dire Straits songs and Steely Dan songs and stuff like that right so. The the whole idea of kids' music destroys me and makes me angry, and I just, you know, so where where do you guys come in on that? Wow, this turn could turn for the dark very quickly. We had a um, nice ambiance set. Listen, I agree. There's a, there's a ton of, of, there's a surplus of crappy kids' music. And it, and it's like, but I, and it's funny you brought up the, the phone and the radio, or the phone in your car, because traditionally, my daughter, when I drive her to school, I have my phone, and then I go, like, Spotify or whatever, you know? And then she'll go on there, and then she gets to pick the songs when we're driving to school. Do you guys ever do anything like that, where you let the kids pick the song, and then it plays, you know, it plays the Bluetooth audio? You yep. Ever do that? Yeah. yep, that's what I do typically, too. How old is your daughter again now? She's nine, Okay. By the way. Okay, so, yep. Yeah. And uh, so she ends up putting all these songs on my phone that... Uh, that I initially hate, but I'm being perfectly honest here. I go, what is, what the, what is this? And I'm like, yeah. but have you noticed that when you listen to something over and over again, much like McDonald's food that you brought up, you start to go, yeah, yeah this isn't bad. This is good. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, am I, is this really good? Or am I just listening to it so many times that I'm, I'm just, I'm familiar with it. And I think it's good, you know? Um, cause I'll tell you what happened. She, she puts, uh, uh, you know, Disney music, by the way, I don't think sucks. I think like the Disney soundtracks are can can be pretty good. There's some bad, but she had uh, this is an example. She had uh, "Be Our Guest" right from uh, Beauty and the Beast, right? You know yeah, that right. song. Yep, right? yep, yep. Well, I know "Dreams" from Beauty and the Beast, but yeah, yeah. So, I know you. I walk with you once upon a dream. That's not a bad. I'm look. I, it's a, not the worst song ever recorded. You listen to it a bunch of times. You're like, I'm swept up. I'm like, why doesn't the yeah, that she should be, be with the prince guy or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm going, am I becoming stupider because I'm, you know, but when, when Mrs. Potts, that kettle, whatever, is it, is it Lansbury? Is that who, who yeah. when she's going, uh, you know, when she sings her little part in that, you know, I'll be bubbling, I'll be brewing. 
I'm going, wow, this is good. Like it builds, and I'm ex- and, and now I listen to it when I work out. Like I, I will take some of her songs, put it on my phone if I'm running on the treadmill, and I will. I find myself, and I'm admitting this as a man, I will be listening to some of her music. But I, my question is, is it good, and I didn't appreciate it, or is it just because it's being pounded in my head? That's what I'm. I'm that's the question I'm proposing. I think I think the truth lies somewhere between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it. Uh, you maybe have been dumbed down a tiny bit, but I think also it's probably not that bad. I mean, you know what? There's something to be said for kind of on your point. Uh, there's something to be said for the song "Let It Go" because my daughter and many other kids. Mine's two and a half. <laughs> all right, my kids two and a half, and there are millions of other kids, billions probably around the world, that are also in the same age group that don't. They hardly comprehend the language we speak. Yet are obsessed with that song. There has to be. I I agree. And I the refu- first time I heard it, I was like, eh. I'm like, what is this? And then I started listening. I love uh, that song now. I, I'm I don't care. I, well, I don't know now, but I, I grew to really love it. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, uh, David Koresh. I'm sure someone heard him in the first. Went, this guy's nuts. <laughs> then they hung out for a while. I got some free food at the ranch or whatever the hell. And they started, oh, no, that's a lot of sense. I mean, is that the same thing with the music? <laughs> Very possible. They're like, God, this guy's kind of might be kind of batshit crazy, but at the same time, his chicken nuggets are really good. He's, he's kind of catchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So you're telling me that David Koresh and Taylor Swift are one and the same person? I'm I'm saying there's some similarities. Okay. <laughs> uh, by the way, I don't want to get caught up in the Taylor Swift mess. Um, no offense, T Swizzle, because. Uh, She's, I don't know if you noticed, but she talked down Apple. So she's clearly got a little clout. So I don't really want to step on them toes because them toes um, might end up in your ass. You know what I'm saying? She, she's, she's got a little power. Uh, she's a beast. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, and and, and I, I ended up, I, I went to the, I'm, te- I'm technically, I'm an artist on Capitol Records. Okay. So I got to, I used to get to go to events, you know, uh, you know, Grammy, you know, stuff like that. So I went to the CMP awards and everybody was warming up and i'm a, a dick for saying this but i was saying everyone went to warm up and this is when she was much younger but taylor swift went up just in her you know it was just like the warm-up before the show we happened to be there because the guy i knew was performing that night and um she sang acoustically with nothing and i literally said to myself there's no way they're going to show this live like they're going to have to cancel her segment because she it wasn't a uh you know it, she wasn't in tune and I was like, "What? That is this horrible! Like, this is awful!" But then, you know, when she went up that night, she, you know, she brought it. That she, you know, then you see the, the I don't know why I'm getting into this, but the the, the other girl, the the, the you know, uh, uh, American Idol girl, what's her name? P- Pickler, Kelly. right? Oh, Kelly she Pickler, just, yeah. Belts out a tune, and I'm like, "Carrie Underwood, look at that girl's got some pipes." And Taylor Strip goes up there, and I'm like, "What is it? It would be like you or I saying this. It was off. It was not yeah. good." I've heard that oh, before. Okay. I've heard that before. Um, like I've had, there's actually been a thing where they, somebody isolated her vocals at a live show, and mm. it wasn't it wasn't good. But I've also heard her like spot on live, like standing in front of me. I've actually heard her like do acapella and be like, "Wow, you can sing." So I don't really know. Again, it could be one of those things where sound was bad or something was messed up. Or, yeah, I don't know. It, it, but it, yeah, but it wasn't. It was. It was. Just outright bad the performance I saw, but you know, like I said, I, but I love her in the sense that she, 
you know, she's an inspiration for, for girls to say, hey, she writes her own stuff, you know, and, and she, I don't know, I don't think she's a horrible role model. Nick, you're being very silent on the Taylor Swift thing. What the hell? What's the matter? What's the problem? No, I, I mean, I, I, don't have any, I don't have any beef with Taylor Swift. All I will say, there's a chance that she was, uh, for the for the check, she was just a little, she, maybe her voice was tired and she was just marking it, which, you know, you can do sort of. Who knows? I, I just know that she sells out, like, every freaking area. She's coming here in, in, in September playing, like, three sold-out shows back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. So she's doing something right, regardless of any vocals or whatever. Um, so are we good with that? I, I largely, my I don't think I really gave my two cents on that topic, and that's just that it's all about, you know, filtering. You know, you just filter out the crap. And because, I mean, Elsie's Elsie's been listening to largely... Pop music, but not stuff made for kids. The only kid music she's listened to, and I actually advocate this to anybody who wants it. Uh, if you've got a newborn, go find the Rockabies series because they take like the Beach Boys and Pearl Jam and Pink Floyd and Guns N' Roses and Metallica and anybody you can think of, no doubt, and they, then they make them into lullabies, and it's awesome. Right, that's, that sounds I, cool. I, I, I'm down with the, with the covers. Listen, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is I'm not going to be... My proudest day as a parent will be... When we're driving in the car and my kid asks to listen to like NWA. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just gonna say they might be giants. Put out a kids' record that's fantastic. If you haven't heard, I have heard of. I know that they do those. I just didn't know that that, that I totally forgot about that. That's an awesome point, Mister Gross. I think it's Mark. A great record. I listen to it all the time, and it, it's it's a it's a gap. It's a bridge between them and you, and it's clever and funny. And and I, I'm going to ask you guys this: what, What's the verdict on uh, Weird Al's uh, the the uh, uh, what is it? The he redid Word Crimes, Word Crimes instead of Blurred Lines, and it was oh. it got a little bit of heat for a while. Oh, I think it was a clever song. It reminded me of Grammar School Rock, mm-hmm. and I I got to salute the Weird Al on that song. Uh, well, I'm with you on that. I haven't actually heard it, but. Everything you just described, the premise, the source it's coming from, and his track record, I have to believe that that's fantastic. Agree. Yes. Especially yeah, he reinvents himself all the time and keeps stage popular. Uh, yeah, he's somehow. And uh, yeah, it's a great song. Listen to it. It's everything he's saying, and it's education. It's good. It's a good song to play for kids. I, well, I, I give that my seal of approval. What that sounds like to me is a fantastic song to post on drinkfromthecarton.com when we post this episode. That's what it sounds like Ooh. to me. There we go. Uh, where are we going next? Is it time for our favorite game, or should we head into another topic? Let's do the game. <clears throat> all right. Uh, Weird Al song. Got it. Uh, all right. Uh, we don't have any fancy... One of these days, one of these years, we're going to have fancy special effects and sound effects and an intro and all that kind of stuff, Mark. But right now, we just wing it. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, so here's the deal, Mark Gross. We play a game called Winery or Old Folks Home. We found a rather interesting um, parallel... In the names, right. and that they are could be easily confused with one another, and we decided. Well, I shouldn't say we, Nick. Really, this is Nick's idea. I maybe helped mold the idea, but this is really Nick's baby. So, um, yeah, it's winery, your old folks' home. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. And so, I'd like to describe and say that I'm going to get every single answer right. Right. At, I'd like to start whoa, off saying that. I like that confidence. Yeah. Do you have the all-time yeah. stats in front of you by chance, Nick? You're you generally are a statistician. Yeah, I believe I'm ahead by one right now. What's be- uh, what was but, Ben Lieber's record? Uh, Lieber was three for 
or four for eight or something. He he started strong and crashed and That's burned, right. He so. was either four for eight or five for eight, something like that. So do you yeah, know Ben? Lee, do you know who Ben Lieber is? Petered out. He petered out. Yes, uh, he Liebered out. Um, do you uh, do you know who Ben Lieber is, Mark Gross? He's a former linebacker for the Vikings and the San Diego Chargers. I most certainly do. Yeah. Yeah, he actually works here in my building in the in Minneapolis, and he's fantastic he's made an awesome so many athletes make the transition into media and they're terrible mm-hmm. ben is actually yeah. really really good so uh he was fantastic so yeah all right yeah, it's good to hear i was a, so, always a fan i've I I been a vikings fan i, I was a, yeah, chuck foreman was my football uniform i got when i was eight years old remember you get that nfl kit with a helmet and yeah a oh yeah yeah chuck foreman man i know i like it that's uh that's, that's a, awesome that's a good dude to uh to represent for show um, so, Bradshaw, that sucks. Wow, yeah, that does suck. Um, no, he's he's all right. Uh, so let me think here. I have the spotlight this week, Nick. So yeah, who so starts? So do you start? Why don't Why don't I Why don't I drive and then you can you, you can putt s- you serve end. and we will volley. Okay, there you go. There so you Mark, go. So, okay. this is uh, this is a this is you know on the honor system. So if you have a a mental note, I will I will keep track of your answers because I have pen and paper here. Um, and okay. we will uh, we will see if we can uh, see if we can rock this. We got to make Nick look bad. So, okay. so I'm going to read down my three, and then uh, Paul will read his three and write down what you have for each of them. Yep. And then after we get done, then we'll go back and you know I'll repeat my three, and you guys can say who which which you think it was, and I'll give you the right answer and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Fire away. Right. Okay. So this week, my I drew mine from the state of Vermont. Okay. And the first one is Huntington River. Huntington River. Okay. Huntington River. Huntington River. Okay, so yeah, you're actually gonna have to keep it. You're gonna have to keep it to yourself for now, Mark. So I was gonna write down your right. answers, but that doesn't work because uh, yeah, get, giving them, yeah, yeah. So you have to just okay. Huntington River, okay. Uh, Huntington River is number one. Uh, give me a second here. Okay, go ahead. Okay. That's like perfect New Englandy crap. All right, number two, also from Vermont, Spruce Peak. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Hey, look, on, look on the peak, all the spruce trees. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's, when the Indians oh, first came that, there, they said, "Look at all the anyway." <laughs> Spruce Peak, number two. Um, number okay. Th- next, number three, and the final one for me: White River Junction. White River Junction. Uh, White River Junction. That could also be a casino, I think. <laughs> <laughs> White White River Junction, also yeah. a band from the seventies. Oh yeah, right, like an right. old-timey band. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Grand Funk Railroad uh, overshadowed them. <laughs> George Clooney on the jug base. On the jug base. That's solid. All right. Those are your Nick, okay. your three, Nick. Those were solid. Um, so now Nick will play along with mine, and Mark, you'll play along with both. Um, so okay. uh, here we go. So mine, I, I drew all of mine once again from the very plentiful. This is the sixth episode, the fifth time we've played this game, and I still have not left the state of Minnesota. We're very we're very bountiful when it comes to uh, wineries and old folks' home here in and the great folks, state of yeah. Minneapolis uh, and Minnesota. Uh, uh, the first one is Forest Edge. Jeez. Forest Edge, and I should point out it's all one word: Forest Edge. Okay. Get out of here, Forest Edge! What a terrible name. Yeah, well, Forest Edge. It's not your job to judge the name; it's your job to figure out if it's a winery and old folks' I'm home. I'm just son. saying it's a bad name. At yeah. the edge of the forest could be a meadow, could be vineyards, could be. Uh, where they serve tapioca pudding on Sundays. Yeah, well, you know what? Some might say Nick Henry's a bad name. I'm just saying. Well, I'm they kidding. might be right. I'm not the, that person. I'm just saying some might. Oh. <laughs> you heard. I love you too much. 
Forest edge for sure is not a word you want written up in a police report regarding your disappearance. <laughs> right? we, can, we can all agree. Yes, I think we can all that. agree on that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know one thing. <laughs> uh, there's All right, number two is Hidden Creek. Jesus. Hidden Creek. Hidden Creek. Hidden Creek. Boy, yours are harder. That's what she said. Uh-huh. Uh, I couldn't resist. You know, if you're going to have a wine... If you, here's the thing about wineries and old folks' homes. So if you're going to have one, you sort of need the other. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> could be a joint venture. You know, you could have a company that specializes in wineries and old Why don't we... Homes. What the hell are we doing? We should be doing that. Don't put that on the air because somebody's going to steal that. Do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a genius idea. I can see the people are probably already working on that idea right now. Uh, and the final one, if you guys are ready, uh, yep. uh, Diamond Willow. Oh my! God. Diamond Willow. <laughs> Diamond Willow. Huh. <laughs> That's wow. ridiculous. Oh, what do you say? I'm fighting dirty. Is that it? Uh, no, 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 no. These are all great. These are perfect. This is why we have this game. Is for your three. I'm just saying that. Why we have this game is because that's a ridiculous name. Right. <clears throat> Diamond Willow. I think that's my and favorite. My it's not former, the spotlight. former agent. <laughs> Diamond Willow. <laughs> <laughs> Pinky ring for sure. And a gold chain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Nick. I, I went unorthodox on your choices. All right. All right. How do you know? Maybe you didn't. Uh, uh, that's true. That's true. I don't know what I know. Okay. All right, Nick. All right. Fire away with that. Uh, yeah, fire away. My first one was Huntington River. Huntington River. I went winery on Huntington River. I went, I went winery as well. It is a winery. Yeah. It was just too fancy to be yeah. an old folks home. Yeah. Well, I love it. Yeah. We're one for one. I'm picking up, picking up a bottle tonight. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Number two, it, it's probably some really thin, like a rosé or some crap, because it, it's in Vermont, so you're not getting a lot of like long maturing sure. reds. Yeah. Anyway, number two, Spruce Peak. That is mm-hmm. indefinitely a old folks' home. There's nobody, nobody in the wine business is putting spruce on their bottle. I agree with my old friend Paul, and I put uh, old folks' home as well. It is an old folks' home. Yes. Hey, man, how about that? You guys are sniffing these out this week. Sniffy, sniffy. All right, number three is White River Junction. This one was tough. Uh-huh. I'm going winery on White River Junction. Here's where we differ, old friend. Old Uh-oh. Home. Uh-oh. One of us it is right, one of us is wrong. No hard feelings. Either way. All right. I... And old folks home. Ah, oh, son of a! There we go. God. Boom. You know what? Mr. Gross, three for three. I'm angry with myself, it, it, but I'm... It, but I'm... Smelled, it smelled like old people, the name. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't pick up on that. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm I'm angry at myself, but I'm happy for my old friend, Mark Gross. That was uh, that makes look me... Look at you. That delights, that delights me. All right, <clears throat> moving on to uh, to the second half of uh, Winery at Old Folks Home. Uh, first, we had Forest Edge. Forest Edge. And since you've already guessed, it's a Forest Edge in lovely Laporte, Minnesota. Oh, uh, Laporte. Uh, I uh, went winery. I, I went Old Folks Home. Oh, the veteran gets savvy points. It is indeed a winery. Forest Edge Winery. Okay. Well, that's you know what? That's the first chink in your armor, Mark Gross. You're still doing you're still strong. All right. All right. All right. Second one was in lovely Chaska, Minnesota, Hidden Creek. Uh I, I again I went for, old folks home. 
Yeah, I did Old Folks Home too. Ah, you guys sniffed that one out. Both of you got that one. Son of a... Nice. Outstanding. And finally, my maybe my favorite one yet. In lovely Grand Rapids, Minnesota, Diamond Willow. Diamond Willow. That, I, here's, here's why I say I went unorthodox. I went winery, then I scratched it, and I put Old Folks Home, and I realized I put Old Folks Home for all of your answers. <laughs> so I'm going, I'm sticking with my second feeling, which was Old Folks Home. I'm going Old Folks Home with the old Diamond Willow. Nick? Okay, Nick Henry? Uh, I also went Old Folks Home, and my reasoning is that it, 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 it harkens to the, like the Diamond Anniversary and the Diamond Birthday and all that kind of stuff, so I went Old Folks Home. All right. Well, the answer is Diamond Willow Assisted Living. So you are both correct, and that makes me very Ooh. mad. I thought, wow. you know, here, here we thought mine were all so deceptive, but in reality, they weren't. Um, <clears throat> that was, that was I, I, I would not, I, I'm sure it's a nice place, and I could not in good faith send a, a loved one to, to a place called Diamond Willow. And Especially, I don't know why. It just seems, it seems a little shifty. Well, it's up in, uh, it's up in, uh, Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids, Minnesota, yeah. too. So you don't want to necessarily go there. Uh, okay, say, what's that? You don't want Forest Edge has to. I, I'm glad it was a winery because if it was an old folks' home, that's that's a bad because the edge of the forest. So the forest is like a metaphor for death, right? And you don't want you yes. don't want you don't want that to be on the minds of the old fogies. Uh, no, you don't want someone wander, especially if old people wander. You ever notice that you always hear about old people and they <laughs> wandered off. You always hear that story. Right, old yeah. person wandered off. Wandered off into the forest edge. <laughs> if they wander into the desert, you can fly over and go, oh, they are right down there. <laughs> but if they're in a forest, you can't enter hidden. You know, they're done. You go into the forest, you're, and you're old, and you're wandering. You're, you're, that's it. You're done. Yeah, you're cooked. <laughs> uh, all right, well, here's how we wrap up Winery or Old Folks Home every week, Mark, or every episode, I should say, and that is with our Spotlight Establishment of the Week. So I will, uh, I will do the honors. I don't know if you guys can hear the music, but it's very moving. Uh, Hidden Creek Assisted Living in Chaska, Minnesota. Our family taking care of your family. Hidden Creek Assisted Living offers quality of care and quality of life in a small home-like setting that you will not find in larger facilities. Because we are small, we are more personal, attentive, and focused on caring for your family member. Hidden Creek Assisted Living Incorporated is a licensed 22-bed assisted living facility nestled in a residential neighborhood in Chaska providing continuous quality care for aging seniors by certified and licensed caregivers in a private home atmosphere, allowing them to preserve their dignity and encourage independence while enriching the quality of life. Hidden Creek Assisted Living. All right, what do you think? How was that read, Nick? Oh, A, it was a good read, but B, you timed it out perfectly with the end of the little music there. That was sweet. <laughs> Mark? It was well timed. Are you and 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 it seemed and very sincere, by the way. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I felt it. I'm ready to. I'm ready to look at a brochure. I was. Uh, I was. Well, I was. It was method acting. I would say. Uh, went. I went to that. What was place. the first part? The to make your family our family or something like yeah, that. That was a our, good. That's some good copy. Yeah, our family taking care of your family. Yeah, that is strong. It's clearly a mom and pop shop. You know where they care. Still not run by the establishment. Uh, you want to go to Sam's Club? You know, assisted living or some Walmart assisted living. You know what? You want a mom and pop place. Right? If that ever happens to my parents, I hope I don't have to send them to the Sam's Club or the Walmart of assisted living. That would be awful. Welcome to Radio Shack Assisted Living. What? No. I don't know. No. Where you can buy decent stuff, but we specialize in dollar section. 
Uh, our, <laughs> uh, okay, so Nick, what's our next topic? Let's keep it. Uh, let's keep her trucking. Well, um, oh wait, actually, Mark, Mark has a topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Look at the look at the new oh. guy coming in strong. I like it. Well, okay. Here's what here's what occurred to me the other day. Um, I uh, when, once you become a, when I was uh, single and and you or I was married and you have you don't have someone whose whose life or death is you know is is crushing you know the weight is crushing your spine every day. You can be really more uh, a little more particular with uh, what you will and won't put up with once you leave the house. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll concast this in one sentence. I realized that once I became a dad that what def- what used to define me was my job and like, you know, I'm going to get on the Tonight Show, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And then once I became a dad, I realized that that uh, what defines me is what I do within the house, not when I leave the house. So you end up having to do a lot of humiliating, um, you know, you got to eat a lot of crap sandwiches that you normally <laughs> would, not, uh, would not take a bite out of. Once uh, you go home and there's a person that's going, hey, I need to go to college and my feet are growing. These shoes are small and they hurt. You got to go, okay. And then you go back to work and you got to, you know, you got to bend over and take it from the old boss man. That's sort of what I was getting at. I was curious if you guys had any experiences or thoughts on, like, maybe decisions you made vocationally or or crap that you put up with that you normally wouldn't have uh, after uh, being a father. Well, because I have a a child, I'm not really going to comment Doesn't that play exactly into what you're saying? I have nothing to even say in this topic for fear of losing my job. How about that? That's right. How about that? That's right. This is a horrible topic for you. No, it's actually fine. No, I think I I I 100% agree. I mean, I was never really. It's 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 maybe a it's it's maybe a tiny like bark up my ass in my professional life that I, I I I luckily I never had to put up with too much crap. But I was always one of those people who would throw a tantrum and storm out, um, but then return five minutes later. You know what I mean? Like, I, and not not storm out and say I quit. I just mean like I would throw a tantrum, be pissed. I'd go even go home angry that night and say I'm gonna start looking for a new job. And and then inevitably always just you know re- wake up the next day and be like, you know, what? it's really not that bad, dude. You could be, you know, collating TPS reports for Lumberg instead of you know doing what you do. Uh, so <clears throat> I've kind of been lucky in that regard. But I've also never I've never been I've been pretty spineless <laughs> my whole career, pretty much. So uh, put up with lots of uh, what you would call crap, I think, probably. Um, but I do agree that you definitely. Um, I think your you, pain. You make confessions, your, maybe that you wouldn't have. You've made a few confessions, perhaps that you wouldn't have made before. Your your feisty youth, your pre-father youth. Yeah, well, that and your pain tolerance goes up for sure. I think definitely. That's true. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you Unless know, like you're just tired, and you're like, I don't give a crap. What do you want to do this? Oh, that's yeah. yeah, well, and you know, and the other thing too is it's like I, I, the other thing too for me, especially because there are only so many jobs in the Twin Cities doing what I do, and mm-hmm. I don't really have a desire to up and move the family. You know, I don't have any mm-hmm. desire to move the little one away from her grandparents. Uh, I mean, I guess if we went back to Omaha where her other grandparents are, that would be fine. Um, but uh, outside of that, I don't really have any desire to move um, away from family, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I guess you could say, you know, if boss, if you're listening right now, uh, you pretty much got me over the coals, my man. So uh, next contract can suck if you want it to. <laughs> what, what about you, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of perspective, I, I would say that the for me anyway, the best the, the, having kids and being a father to those kids um, is sort of the ultimate hammer for my behavior. In that, you know, for example, so 
Um, I can honestly say that there has been one time in my life where I have driven after having had too much to drink. And I, I didn't have the kids with me, but I was out with some buddies after work, and we had some pops, and I absolutely should not have driven home. And I made it home, yeah. and everything was okay as far as getting home and not killing myself or anybody else or damaging anything. Um, but I walked in the door, and I was late, and the whole thing, and, and um, the, the, the kids and my wife were eating dinner. And, uh, my, and I sat down like everything was cool and tried to play that like I wasn't drunk and I failed at playing that I wasn't drunk and um, I scared the kids basically not like yelling at them but just like acting differently enough that and yeah, sort of you know, loud and whatever that uh, it scared them and then and I think my wife to her credit you know realized that you know when I realized that I had scared them my behavior was scaring them and why and how stupid that was and then you know layering on all the other stuff about how I knew that I shouldn't have driven, and I still did, and and what that would mean, you know, if the worst had come to pass. Um, uh, she didn't need to give me a hard time because all of a sudden it just clicked, and I'm like, all right, now I'm a complete and total schmuck, and this was completely avoidable, and I'm never doing this again. And and so that's what I mean. It was you know, so being a dad to these kids was the hammer, and that that in and of itself caused me to realize that there was just no justification for that type of behavior on so many different levels. And I can guarantee you I will never do it again. I bet you your wife, that also proves that your wife was a great parent because she didn't, you know, when, when you do something like that and then your parent yells at you, it's, almost, it's, it's less likely to, I think, to stop that kind of behavior as it is. That, you, know, you know how you go disappointing your dad is worse than anything? It's like... Not getting reprimanded, you do it to yourself, which is worse yeah. than anything. So that's yeah. a testament to yeah. your wife's parenting abilities because she sort of did that to you. She didn't go, "What's happening? You're drunk!" Did you know? She just went, "You, you know, and let you realize it yourself." And that's yep, you know, absolutely, hundred percent agree. Yeah, it sounds to me like you completely outkicked your coverage. Oh, on many on many levels that day, and thank God they didn't run it back on me to, to prolong the metaphor because <laughs> I could have killed somebody. Yeah, I mean, no, I truly, you know, no. I mean, right. y'all kicked your yeah. coverage with your wife. I mean, like she sounds like she's oh, probably well, too good I for did, you. I, listen, I did that the day I put the ring on her finger. So. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I would have been able to handle it as well. I, I, I don't even know how I would handle that. If, if I mean, the it seems like this seems like more of a dad or guy thing to do. Uh, typically, the, the it, I just don't, you know, I just can't see my wife going out and having too many mm-hmm. pops and coming home to dinner like hammered you know what i mean i just don't see that yeah. happening but uh, yeah. uh that said i i if, if she did that i don't know that i would uh maybe i would you know what now i will because i learned just learned a lesson through your story uh mm-hmm. and that was uh yeah i mean that's good i mean i yeah so i yeah it, i don't even have any idea where i'm going at this point but um but that was uh well, i think your wife I, handled I that beautifully the, this, if, the, if the wife does it i think it should be like a reward system where it's like then she owes you like forced sex or something you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> But but listen, in in regards to, I just wanted to tell this quick anecdote, in in regards to, uh, um, like, swallowing your pride and doing something, an incident happened to me, I, this is a true story, I I, I, I was on the Tonight Show as a comic, it was my second appearance, I was super excited about it, you know, but I was freshly, you know. uh, That was when you just changed your name to Mark Gross, wasn't it? That was when you just changed your name to Mark Gross from Cheetah, wasn't it? 
well, yeah, this is pre-cheating. This is okay. post-cheating. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, so I get done, and then I go to this. Uh, the next night, I had scheduled the very next night. So you do the show that's like the, the, the you know, at that time, it was like the holy grail, the greatest thing. You, you know, it's like the moment of your life you waited for since you were a kid to achieve. Yeah. And the very next night, I was at a restaurant. At a Mexican restaurant, and I'm on, and I'm I'm not joking. I was, was, I'm standing with a microphone, and the very next night, there I am in San Diego, and there's kids running around with burritos and screaming and chips and assaults, and I'm going, what what am I doing? But I, you know, before I would have been like, I'm not doing a restaurant, but it was, you know, it was a couple thousand bucks, and I was like, or whatever, I don't even know if it was that. It was probably like a thousand bucks, so I did it, and it was humiliating, and it was horrible. Back in the day, I would have been like, no, I'm not going to perform by the the nacho bar. But, you know, <laughs> I did. And on the one hand, I'm doing it for the money. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, is this, at some point, am I selling my, you know, am I, am I losing my, my self-worth? You know what I mean? Am I damaging myself by doing this kind of thing? Yeah. But, um, you're not. but ultimately, you're not. Because no. you're, you're doing something for someone else, I think. Yeah, yeah. you're, uh, you're, like, you're. Being uh, you're being a dad is what you're doing, which is, as far as I know, uh, the finest accomplishment uh, a man can achieve. So, um, yeah, to, get, to me, you're uh, you're tell a few jokes and you buy some diapers at the Mexican restaurant. Yeah, in San Diego, <laughs> absolutely. And swallow your pride along with a, a free number two platter, I believe. If I remember right. <laughs> uh, and how Every long did you experience? How long did you experience that platter for? Uh, that, that came back to, it, it once in San Diego, and then I think I, we parted ways midway back up to Los Angeles. <laughs> parted ways, huh? Yeah, we, uh, I stopped at a, yeah, it, it, it wasn't with me for long. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Probably just. That's a, it ran through me like Frank Shorter. There's an old, <laughs> old reference from 1974. He's a marathon guy. That's oh, that's good stuff. I like it. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, Nick, do we have anything left? I think we're, we pretty much uh, we're at, 40, we're at forty-five minutes tonight. I think we've I think we've actually given the people a lot of episode this particular time. I I agree. I, I think we've given. Uh, I think we've yes. I agree. Yeah. So um, we usually finish with final thoughts. Uh, Nick Henry, do you have a final thought? I am, uh, and this will uh, have happened by the time that people get a chance to hear this. But uh, I am not ashamed to admit that I am pretty caught up in the Women's World Cup as we speak and uh, am looking forward to the, um, uh, the rest of the tournament. So, uh, and uh, I, I do live, just so you know, gentlemen, uh, I do happen to reside currently in Abby Wambach's hometown, so we are all going crazy over that. Hey. But um, uh, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. The, the, I think uh, all the, you know, te- uh, the, the sides have all played well, and uh, it's been some good footy as well. I, well, the first time I ever got into football was uh, when Brandy Chastain uh, ripped her yeah. shirt off and went bonkers. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the fir- that was my first time I ever really got into soccer. So uh, yeah, I've been paying attention as well. Absolutely. Uh, does the uh, does the does her jersey fit you? Uh, n- uh, my leg, perhaps. Yeah, I, I want to see her. Jer- I want to see you wear a women's World Cup jersey, um, and just see how fantastic your. Uh, your Nick gut looks in that. My physique, yeah. Well, it'll it would be remarkable. Let's put it that way. Remarkable something. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Gross, do you have a final thought? Um, well, uh, you know, I was I was unprepared for the soccer thing, but I uh, I, I would I'll, I'll tell you that just a quick thought. This is off the cuff, but uh, I support uh, 
any uh, domestic uh, abuse that uh, that our that the lovely Miss Hope Solo um, causes, as long as it uh, doesn't prevent her from uh, you know letting the ball get by. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if she abuses, you know what I mean. If she knocks the crap out of you, you're you know, and it's like, do it for your country. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> Shut up, keep it to yourself, and do it for your country. Uh, oh man mark gross the one and only i'm telling you what uh my final thought is it's totally random i actually stumbled it on facebook today and i don't have a whole lot to say on it other than it uh, is pretty astonishing um there was where the the hell is this anyway um over central there was a a lightning storm over central virginia uh apparently Mm -hmm. last night or um uh, yeah, I guess it was last night. It was six years after the untimely death of one Michael Jackson, and somebody captured this lightning storm, right? And if you go look, if you guys Google this, I'm telling you, you'll find it. In the clouds, it appears to be Michael Jackson moonwalking. White shirt. Get out of here. White shirt, black pants that are high, like on the on the ankle, and it looks like he's moonwalking over the lightning. It's absolute out of a cloud shape. And I'm not one of those that's it. like, I'm not one of those that's like, oh, hey, there's Buddy Hackett in a Cheeto. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like get out of here with that crap. But this is actually pretty <laughs> astonishing the way it looks. And we'll put this up on drinkfromthecarton.com as well, the picture of it, because it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Like, there's a red circle around where Michael Jackson is supposed to be. And uh, uh, I think it's pretty that's awesome, awesome actually. It's, uh, Can we also I'm put Buddy Hackett in a Cheeto just for, like, a, as a benchmark? Uh, Wait, hold on. You guys, are, you guys were stepping. You, you guys were stepping. for all of us. You know? what, what's that? There's hope for all of us after we pass. It will all take the shape of a cloud and, you know, kind of be remembered. Are you making fun of my final thought, Mark Gross? No! I'm completely <laughs> serious. I would, who wouldn't want to be a clown? After it's the beauty pass? of nature. It would be, be a pretty cool thing, actually. Um, I would love it. I encourage you both um, to I'm, Google that at some I'm point gonna, tonight. I'm going to do that. I'm going to check that out. And, I, and um, I, you can thank me later for the serenity that it provides you. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not. I'm completely serious. I'm looking up since I'm done. My daughter's a huge Michael Jackson fan. Oh, that's well. Then you know oh, what? And I don't know if you guys heard, but the uh, final, final thought. They they killed one of those prison guys. He's dead. So. They oh, did. really? The escapee dudes? Yeah. Well, oh, that's the, too the bad. The of the two is dead. They, they got a hacksaw, cut up his boss guy. Is no longer with us. He's floating around. He's up past Michael Jackson's cloud right now. He's. I bet. I'll bet that. I bet that Michael Jackson cloud is moonwalking across his face. In celebration. Yeah. He's, he, yeah, he's not up. He's smoking turds in the pot of lava. <laughs> but regardless, he's no longer on the planet. So oh, my God. Mark Gross, it's been, uh, it's been an absolute blast having you, man. Thanks for taking the time to, uh, to join Thanks us for, for a drink from the carton. Thanks for having us. Um, uh, so, yeah, thank you. And uh, continued success with the Mike and the Molly. And maybe, uh, maybe someday my wife and uh, daughter will come visit California because I know for a fact we're not going to get you to come visit Minnesota. Our door is always open to you, my friend. And uh, I'm going to call my agent, uh, Diamond Willow, and have him uh, rebook me on your show as soon as, as, soon as you guys have an open. <laughs> I'm off to the Hollywood Bowl, gentlemen, to watch The Sound of Music. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, speaking of things that you do for your kids, I didn't, if I put you in a quiz on a name, so yeah. I'm, I'm kind of going, I should be using my time writing scripts, not just stuff for Twitter. But I am on Twitter. Tweet Mark to Gross one, Mark Gross One. Okay, I think I actually found you. Um, Sometimes we live tweet uh, performances of the show. I'll do that with the cast. So. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you a follow. Thanks again, Mark. We appreciate it, man. All right. Nice to meet you, Mark. Great meeting you, man. All right. Take care.
Take care. Bye bye. Uh, Nick in Nick in New York, Mr. Paul Fletcher. I thought that was pretty good. You know what? It was pretty. I think it was pretty good. But I'm pretty sure we can do better. All right. Well, we'll do better next time then. Follow the Drink from the Carton podcast on Twitter at DrinkFTCarton. Subscribe on iTunes and get more at DrinkFromTheCarton.com.